الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى اله واصحابه وبارك وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اقرأ باسم ربك الذي خلق خلق الإنسان من علق اقرأ وربك الأكرم الذي علم بالقلم علم الإنسان ما لم يعلم صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والعالمين most respected friends brothers and elders in Islam is only the grace and fuzzle of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed us with the wealth of iman and included us among the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Many, many favors and bounties of Allah we enjoy. But among the greatest favor, among the greatest of favors which Allah Park has granted us is the knowledge of deen. After Iman, and the knowledge of deen is the greatest favor. But it is through this knowledge that a person will be able to preserve his Iman, he will be able to protect his Iman, he will be able to fortify that Iman, and he will be able to reach Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks highly and greatly of these two favors. The favor of iman and the favor of ilm. يَرْفَعُ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنْكُمْ وَالَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمَ دَرَجَاتِ That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had honored the believers with high positions of honor in the hereafter and those whom Allah granted the knowledge of deen. High, high positions of honor in the hereafter. Allah is speaking about Iman and Allah is speaking about Ilm. That this journey to Allah commences with Ilm. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam received Nubuat in Ghari Hira. We all know the famous incident. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Hazrat Jibreel alayhi salam to Nabi alayhi salam. And that was the first lesson of Wahi. اِقْرَأْ بِسْمِ رَبِّكَ الَّذِي خَلَقَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends this wahi by Jibreel alayhi salam upon the heart of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi salam 
And Allah is commanding the Nabi of Allah recite with the name of your Lord who had created you. خَلَقَ الْإِنسَانَ مِنْ عَلَقَ Allah created man, Allah created insan from a, from a clot of blood. اِقْرَأْ وَرَبُّكَ الْأَكْرَمِ Recite, and your, your, your Rabb, your Lord is most gracious, is most merciful, is most loving and kind. عَلَّمَ الْإِنسَانَ مَا لَمْ يَعْلَمْ Iqra وَرَبُّكَ الْأَكْرَمِ Recite, and your Lord is most gracious. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is introducing himself. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is informing insan about the importance of ilm. Recite the wahi of Muhammad sallallahu Allama bil qaram, allama al insana ma lam ya'lam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had taught man through the pen. And he taught man what he knew not. When the wahi came to Nabi sallallahu it was his first encounter with wahi, first encounter with a, an angel. Can you imagine what, what was the state of Nabi sallallahu heart and mind? Nabi sallallahu was in fear. Nabi sallallahu was concerned and worried that will I be able to manage this burden of nubuat? Mufassirin explained that Nabi Sallallahu he goes home and the first thing he does after meeting his respected family, Hazrat Khadija radiallahu anha, breaking the news that what had transpired and taken place in the cave, Nabi Sallallahu recited the wahi to her. So he acquired this ilm from Allah and his concern was he had to pass this ilm to this ummah. And from the ummah, he passed it on first to his household. اقرأ باسم ربك الذي خلق خلق الإنسان من علق اقرأ وربك الأكرم الذي علم بالقلم علم الإنسان ما لم يعلم. These are the first five verses that were revealed in the Quran Majid. And then we find Allah Subhanahu wa Taala instructs and commands the Nabi Sallallahu not long after this incident. Then O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam فَاصْدَعْ بِمَا تُؤْمَرْ وَعَارِضْ عَنِ الْمُشْرِكِينَ Whatever command you have received from Allah, this knowledge of deen, pass it on to the ummah. And turn away from the idolaters, from the mushrikeen, from the polyatists, turn away from them. So the importance of ilm, the ilm of deen, in in proportion to how much of ilm a person has, that's how much he will be able to practice deen. And how much he will be able to practice deen will determine his position in the hereafter. On the day of Qiyamah, there will be many, many people that they will come before Allah, they were not known in this world as formal hufaz, formal ulama. But in secret, in seclusion, they were learning Quran. They were learning the Mubarak Ahadith. They were increasing their knowledge and increasing their marifat of Allah. And they on the day of Qiyamah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will honor such personalities and people with high positions of ilm, high positions of honor on account of that ilm. On account of that ilm. 
So it's not too late for any person. When a, when a child is young, the child is enrolled into a maktab and then to a madrasa. And we know when he comes to the end of the maktab cause or the alim cause or whatever madrasa studies are given, he comes to the end, the person thinks now it's the end of the road. No, no, it's not. When a person leaves this world, that last moment, that's the time where the journey of ilm will end. Every day is a new day for us to gain closeness and practicing being. So a person should regard himself as a student his entire life. Great, great, awliya, buzrugan, adin. They understood the value for ilm. They understood that this is the path to jannat. And if I have to seize, then my progress also ceases. So every day, they made effort. How I can acquire more ilm? How I can practice on that ilm? And how I can pass that ilm to others? The very first maktab, in the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Mufassireen, Muaddisin explained, some say it was the home of Hazrat Fatima bintul Khattab, the sister of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. And people used to come to her home to study deen. The Ustad was Khabbab ibn Arad. Hazrat Umar radiallahu recalls this incident later on in his life after Allah granted him iman. And he became the second greatest person in this ummah. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala mentions how he had now <coughs> converted to Islam. And he came to that home, and then his sister Fatima radiallahu ta'ala and his brother-in-law, they were both studying the Qur'an Majid. And he came with the sinister intention of killing Rasulullah sallallahu We all know the incident is quite famous. And then he asked, he first began to beat his sister and his brother-in-law. And after they mentioned, if you want to kill us, you can kill us, you don't mind. We'll die for this deen. And then he came to his senses, he realized... And then he asked, what are you studying? And he said, no, this is the quran Majid. I want to read it, I want to hold it and see it. He said, no, you're impure. And there, Umar radiallahu ta'ala, his sister says, have a ghusl. And then he, he has a ghusl, he takes a bath. And after that, the, the words of the Qur'an are presented before him. Taha ma anzalna al-Qur'an Allah ta'ala is speaking about, in this verse, in Surah Taha, Allah is addressing Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah Pak's love for Nabi sallam, we, all, we, can, we can all try to understand. We'll never really understand. Allah loved his Nabi so much. So he mentioned in the beginning, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa he would stand for salah, lengthy, lengthy rakats during the night, sometimes the whole night, half night, the whole night. And he would stand on one foot, till he got tired and he put it down, he stood on the other foot. Allah Pak sent this the surah, surah Taha, Taha referred to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Oh my beloved Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, We didn't send down this Quran to make it difficult for you. This whole deen we made it, we sent it down to you, so that you can connect with Allah, so that your life can become happy, your life can become fruitful, your life can become easy. This whole deen is to create happiness and ease. So, O oh Muhammad, so we didn't send this Quran. As Umar radiallahu is reciting these verses, and there we find the light of Iman enters his heart. Inni anallah. Allah Pak says, I am your Lord. And worship me. As Umar radiallahu says that, take me to Muhammad I want to embrace Islam. As Khabab radiallahu is hiding, he came out. 
And then he says that, Oh Umar, glad tidings. Nabi Sallallahu mentioned your name last night. Thursday night. Nabi Sallallahu made dua. That, oh Allah grant Islam power to either Abu Jal or Umar bin Khattab. It seemed that the dua of Rasulullah in your favor has been accepted. But this was the, like the first maktab in the home of that Umar radiallahu anh, sister, that Fatima bin al-Khattab. Allahu Akbar. You see, the second maktab that was held was in Dari Arqam. And the Sahaba used to gather there, over 40 Sahaba. This was the place where Umar radiallahu ta'ala had, had embraced Islam. So it was Fatima radiallahu home, and then it was Dari Arqam, then he was taken to Dari Arqam, and then he embraced Islam. Other Sahaba also embraced Islam here. And then thereafter, when Nabi Sallallahu Banu Hashim, Banu Al-Muttalib, the family of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they were boycotted for the three and a half years in Shi'b Abi Talib. Again, we find Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Sahaba, they are all boycotted, they standed in that place. They are so to say locked, they're not allowed any type of interaction with the people. You couldn't buy, you couldn't sell. They weren't allowed to give their daughters also in marriage to Bani Hashim. With this sinister plot that they should hand over Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam to them. So they told Abu Talib, the uncle of Rasulullah sallallahu if you hand over your nephew to us, this whole boycott will come to an end. Nabi sallallahu family, they stood with him in thick and thin. Whether they embraced Islam or they didn't embrace Islam, they remained at the side of Rasulullah sallallahu supporting him and supporting his cause. And three and a half years continued in this way. But Nabi Sallam continued to teach deen in Shaybi Abi Talib. They say this was the third maktab. And there were many other makatib also, many other madaris, there were many other venues. With the Sahaba Ridwan Allah al learned deen and they practiced deen and they propagated deen also to others. Then we came the time that where the Jamaat came from Madinah Munawara, Asad ibn Zurara and five other brothers. And Asad ibn Zurara was the first to embrace Islam. Nabi Sallallahu sent it as ambassadors of deen and Islam to go to Medina to propagate Islam and to teach the people deen. Then the following year we find another jamaat comes. They make darkhas, O Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi can you send some muallim to teach us deen, to teach the people Islam? Nabi Sallallahu sends two sahaba. Abdullah ibn Ummi Maktoum radiallahu talan and Mus'ab ibn Umair. They come to Medina Munura, they stayed in the Orchard of Asad ibn Zarara. This was the maktab. This was the maktab there. They would perform salaya because there was no masjid till that point. That would be the maktab, the madrasa, the khanqa. They would make zikr, everything. And this is the point that where deen began to spread. And they would teach people in this. Then Rafi ibn Malik radiallahu ta'ala later on we find that his home also was designated also as a small maktab or madrasa. Sahaba used to go there, people used to go and learn. The Nabi Sallallahu appointed the freed slave of Abu Huzaifa Salim radiallahu ta'ala to teach people in Quba. So you find this journey of learning, teaching and passing deen on to others was the endeavor and the mission of Rasulullah Sallallahu throughout his life in Makkah Mukarramah, then come to Medina Munawara till the end of the life of Rasulullah teaching this ummah that the journey to Allah is the journey of ilm. How much knowledge do you have? Are you concerned about this or are you not concerned? The person, about his livelihood, 
Alhamdulillah, that is also important. Talabul halal faridatum ba'd al-faraiz. To earn halal rosy after all the other faraiz, this also is farz. Allah Pak, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi is indicating that your salah is first. This obligation is more important. And then the other obligations that Allah Pak has placed on your shoulders. After all this, then you should also worry about earning wealth. Yeah. But ba'd al-faraiz. And then we find that the hadith of Rasulullah Sallam, Talabul ilm faridatun ala kulli mu'minim muslimi wa muslima. Acquiring the knowledge of deen is also farz. It's also farz. Now let's look at an example of our Kabir Buzugana deen. One of the principles of Darlum Dioban, he was not a formal alim, he was a Shah Rafiu deen. He wasn't a formal alim. But he spent time in the company of the awliya Buzugana deen, ulama, and Allah granted him that knowledge. You see, when a person grows old, or he passes that, that age where he can now take admission in a maktab, madrasa, now he wonders, how can I get that ilm? So remaining in the company of the pious, attending the programs of the Buzhagan Adin, wherever we find an opportunity, we should be there. Associate, affiliate, link and connect ourselves with the rightly guided ulama. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi mentioned, in the hadith it is mentioned, the statement of Muhammad bin Sirin and Sansi ibn Umar also mentioned this in hadal ilm deenun that this knowledge is your deen fanzuru amman ta'khudhuna deenakum you should be very careful and cautious who you acquire the knowledge from how important so let's look at one example the Shah Rafiu deen is the principle of Darlum Dioban he's not a formal alim but he's all the time concerned that I should get closer to Allah and the path to get closer to Allah, to Jannat, is a part of ilm. So every day you would now look at the ahadith, the translations, the books of the Buzugan Adin. So he was looking at the translation of Quran and Majid. So he came across one verse of the Quran. And in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned, No person will acquire except what he had worked for. What he made effort for, that's all you'll get. So this Buzruk now, it got him thinking. He says that the Quran outwardly is mentioning that only whatever you made effort for, you will receive that. But there are other hadiths of Rasulullah which we learn from the ulama, which I recall in the books of hadith, is that if a person makes isale sawab and he passes the reward onto somebody, a person will be able to benefit through that way also. So here he didn't make his own effort. Somebody else had made dua for him. Somebody else gave charity. Somebody else performed some nafil salah and passed the reward to the living or the dead. Isalu sawab is not confined to the dead on. So this also we find you can acquire from other people. So outwardly this hadith now and the verse of the Quran, they're not tying up. Uh, there seem to be an out, outer contradiction. There's no contradiction. But in his mind he's thinking that now... Quran is saying something else, Hadith is saying something else, what's the answer to it? So he, he became very, very worried and concerned, very worried. It was at night when he was looking at this translation, and it got him very worried. He thought that, okay, I can wait till the morning. In the morning, maybe I'll go to the ulama, I'll ask them, what's the meaning of this verse? How you'll apply it in deen? And then he thought that, but if tonight I pass away, and this is the last night, 
And last day in my life, then I'll meet Allah without this knowledge. As though my iman, my deen is not complete. I got a doubt. I got a doubt here. If you have a doubt what you should be doing, you should be concerned about it. Remove this doubt, go to the rightly guided ulama, they give you the explanation. So he says, this part of the night, which buzruk I can go to? So very late. So he says, the buzruk of this time is Hazrat Gangoi, Ma'a Rashid Ahmad Gangoi. Now this buzruk is in Deoban, Hazrat Ma'a Rashid Ahmad Gangoi is in Gango. It's a lengthy journey. Then they have cars like how we have today. So the buzruk, he went on foot. He left his home and he comes to Gango. When he reaches Gango, Hazrat Gangoi Ramutlani woke up for his tahajjud, he was making wuzu. And Shah Rafiuddin, the principal of Dalum Joban, as mentioned before, he's not an alim, but very great buzuk, he comes in, Hazrat Gangoi Ramutlani completes the wuzu, I say, what brings you at this part of the morning? Came this time. He said, Hazrat, I got this one question, I don't understand it. I don't understand this question. He says, what is it? He says that I recited this verse, and the meaning of this verse, Allah Pak is saying, insani illa masa, And man will only get what he worked for, what he made effort for, that is that reward he'll get. But the hadith mentioned that you can make isalus sawab, if you send, convey some good deed to somebody, he'll get the reward. And then it's mentioned also, if a person teaches some person deen, as long as the one who taught deen practices on that deen, if it is namaz, if it is uh, makes roza, whatever you taught him, he is making the effort your accounts will continue to grow, to increase. But this shows from the hadith that you can get reward like that. So this Buzrug now, as they can go Ali, the man of the time, he says, وَأَلَّيْسَ insani illa masa." This is in reference to Iman. That Iman is your own effort. Nobody else's Iman will be able to be given to somebody else. Or nobody's iman can benefit a kafir if that kafir passed away upon kufr. Nabi Sallallahu beloved uncle who supported the cause of Nabi Sallallahu his whole life. Abu Talib is passing away on his deathbed. Nabi Sallallahu is greatly worried and concerned. He quickly comes there, he finds Abu Jali there, the chiefs of the Quraysh. Nabi Sallallahu says, oh my uncle, please just say la ilaha illallah. Enter into iman and Islam. Once you say that, inshallah I will intercede for you. But if you die without Iman, I can't do anything. Then I can't, then I can't do Iman. If you don't have Iman, you could have did the best of deeds in the world as a kafir. You'll get repaid in this world. There'll be nothing for you in the year after. And his uncle said, other, other mentioned that, no, how can you leave the way of your forefathers? And they said, Ala millati abdil muttalib, upon the way of my forefathers. And he passed away on kufr. This was very great, greatly, deeply sad. And grieved over it. Nabi Sallam started making dua in maqfirat. Allah Pak said in the Quran, إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتَ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهِ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءُ Oh Muhammad Sallam, hidayat is not in your hands. You can't give iman and hidayat to anybody. That Allah Pak wants, Allah Pak will guide them. And Nabi Sallam was stopped from making dua for his uncle and for any kafir. So Hazrat Gangoi Ramul mentioned that iman is what your own iman. That's when Nabi Sallam after he received nubuat, he went, he climbed Mount Safa, he called the different, different tribes of the Arab. He called Bani Hashim, Bani Muttalib, Bani Far, called the different tribes. And then he told them, bring Iman. And then he addressed his aunt, he addressed his daughter, he addressed his close family members. He said, if you don't bring Iman, I can't help you by Allah. I can't assist you in any way. So Iman 
That is your own. After a person brings Iman, now there's a, there's a bond of brotherhood of Iman and Islam. Now you can make Isali Sawab, you can, you, can, you can benefit your brother in different ways. So respected friends, this was the talab in the hearts of our Kabir Buzugan Adin, is that if they didn't know something, it concerned them. I, I, a person should be worried now, if he comes before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of Qiyam, Allah Pak saying, how old are you? 50 years, 60 years. Your namaz is not right. Your tilawat is not right. You don't know how to recite this. Your whole life is spent in this world, but the basics of deen you didn't acquire. Allahu Akbar. Indeed, that day will be a day of great loss for many people. Allah save me, save all of us. And then there will be that day that those who excelled in ilm, Allah Pak will bring the ulama. And Allah will bring the shuhada. And then the blood of the shuhada will be weighed on the scales. And the ink of the scholars who serve deen, who strove for deen, that this deen can reach the four corners of the globe. And the ink of the ulama against the blood of the shuhada will put on the scales. And on that day, the ink of the ulama will weigh more than the blood of the shuhada. Allah Pak will show the world, these people's entire life, their investment was iman and Islam. My business was their business. What my business was Islam. Their whole life, their whole hearts and minds were mostly concerned how we can connect people to the masjid. How we can teach qualities of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Everything is important, everything. Imagine Sahaba Ridwan had true value. How we got value for wealth, they had value for deen. They had value for ilm. Imagine Abu Hazrat Abu Hurairah after Nabi al-Islam passed away, then he started narrating a lot of ahadith. He was narrating a lot of ahadith. He only got four years in the life of Rasulullah Nabi al passed away. Only four years. Abu Hurairah came, he came at Khaybar, at the time of Khaybar. Only four years. But he stayed in the company of Nabi Sallallahu night and day. He never moved. And, and whatever hadith Rasulullah would narrate, and Nabi Sallallahu to understand, appreciate, our Nabi Sallallahu was the greatest of all, for all prophets, the greatest of mankind, greatest of Allah's creation of Muhammad and Mustafa Sallallahu We all know that. The greatest, Allahu Akbar. Nabi Sallallahu was the unworded prophet, messenger. He didn't learn to read and write. And the knowledge he brought closed the libraries of the world down. Imagine that from his heart, so much of ahadi, so much of knowledge, Allahu Akbar, the light, he, he enlightened this entire world. Allahu Akbar, that's what Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So Abu Hurairah radiallahu ta'ala, after Nabi Sallallahu passed away, now people began to say, Aksara Abu Huraira, Aksara Abu Huraira. Hey, he's narrating so many hadith. And when you speak of Imam Bukhari, Amirul Mu'mineen fil Hadith, Muhammad ibn Ismail ibn Ibrahim ibn Al-Bughirat ibn Al-Bardis, Ju'fi al-Bukhari, his whole silsila, his sanad, his nasab, so great he was. Imam Bukhari, after Quran, the greatest kitab, Bukhari Sharif. So we all know him as he was Amirul Mu'mineen fil Hadith. In Hadith he was. Among the Sahaba, the greatest muhaddis was Abu Huraira. Allahu Akbar, 5,374 hadiths. So, so much hadiths. People began to doubt, hey, you know, is he making a mistake in quoting or what? So how is it that this sahabi, that sahabi, they're not quoting so much hadith, you're quoting so much. So he says, night and day I spent with Rasulullah I had no food also. Days is past, no food, I used to fall down. People think maybe he's suffering epilepsy, that time to treat it, they should put their feet on a person's neck. They didn't know I had no food, that's why, what was my condition? I stood, I 
remain firm with the Nabi of Allah, committed to learning Quran and Hadith, learning Deen. Today, he says, he says, my brothers of the Ansar, they had the plantations to take care of. They were coming to Nabi Sir, but they were also worried about the plantations. The Muhajirin, they had the businesses also, they were coming also, but, but I, night and day, I remained there. Until on one occasion, I told him, Nabi of Allah, I'm forgetting the hadith that you have narrated. I'm trying to learn it late at night. Forgetting. Make dua. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam told, Oh Abu Hurairah, take out your shawl, put it on the floor. I put it there. Nabi Sallallahu made dua and he took something. Abu Hurairah just said, I don't know what he told. He's like, as though he took something and he put it in the shawl. He made dua. He said, now wear your shawl. Inshallah, you won't forget anything from this day. The dua of Rasulullah he got. He said, another occasion, there were two sahaba who were seated. Abu Hurairah was the third. And he said, let's make dua. And, and Rasulullah came. And then the first one made the dua, whatever dua he made. Each one said, Amin. The Nabi of Allah said, Amin. The second one made dua. Nabi also said, Amin. Each one said, Amin. Okay, Abu Hurairah said, Allah, whatever they both asked for, I asked for. And I asked for a memory that will never forget the Mubarak Hadith of Rasulullah. Nabi said, Amin. So that knowledge, that knowledge of deen was so important to them, so important. One last incident. Once a person came to Imran bin Hussein radiallahu anhu. Came there. He asked Imran bin Hussein radiallahu anhu. He asked him one masala. He told Imran bin Hussein radiallahu anhu. He told him, I came to ask you this, this masala. I want you to show me from the Quran the answer. Give me the answer from Quran. I don't want, I don't want the answer from anywhere else. So I said, Imran bin Hussein radiallahu anhu told this person, let me explain to you, brother, let me explain to you something. You see, there's two sources of primary guidance, primary two sources. Nabi Sassim left the Quran and his Sunnah. Everything is not in the Quran, it's also in the Sunnah of Rasulullah. Allah Pak spoke about namaz in Quran. But how many rakats of Fajr, Zawar, Asr, Maghrib, Isha is not in Quran? <laughs> that is in the, in the Sunnah, in the Hadith. Allah Pak spoke about giving zakat, two and a half percent of, 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 of zakat is not mentioned in the Quran, that's mentioned in the Hadith. Giving zakat on cattle, giving zakat of goats and sheep and camels and cows, all in the hadith. Allah Pak spoke about hajj, but the details of this in the hadith. So you coming and asking this, this is incorrect. But say, I made a mistake, you know. Yes, teach me deen, you know. Then the person, he taught him. So brothers, each and every person is a student. He's studying on this path. What Nabi so mentioned? Man salaka tariqa yaltamisu fi ilma The person who treads the path of knowledge acquiring deen Whichever way, whether in the maktab, whether in the madrasa Whether coming to some alim, whether sitting in some gathering of deen and learning Whoever is concerned about getting that ilm To practice deen correctly and reach Allah and Allah must be happy Man salaka tariqa yaltamisu fi ilma Sahalallahu bi tariqan al jannah That banda is on a path that will lead him to jannah The fishes in the sea Make dua for him. The birds in the sky make dua for him. The whole creation are engaged in making dua for those who are concerned about the preservation of the deen of Islam. Allah Ta'ala give me an honor of making amal.